Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to the Brian Book Club. Before doing this episode, I was deciding and having a hard time whether or not I should discuss the book that we'll be discussing today. And eventually I thought, while this book is kind of a controversial book, I do think it can add to storyteller and player inspirations when playing in World of Darkness games. So I decided to go through and review it. So without further ado, we will be talking about today, American Psycho, written by Brett Easton Ellis. It was written in 1989. And just a forewarning before I continue on with this book, this is perhaps one of the most horrific books I have read. I um, am a fan of the horror genre. I don't read horror to get grossed out or get disturbed. I read horror for just the different emotions it can bring out. Not all bad. And this is one of the very few horror books where I actually had to set it down and wonder if I want to continue reading it, not because of it being a bad book, but because of just how disturbing some scenes can be. So consider this a warning. Don't right away go out and read this book just because I mentioned it and doing an episode on it. I would say, listen to what I have to say, decide upon it, and then and then you can decide if you want to take that trek and that journey. So my first introduction to American Psycho was 2000's Christian Bale's 2000 movie, the American Psycho movie, and I enjoyed the movie. Now I find, you know, like I don't get gratification from seeing like people killing people or anything to that extent, but I enjoyed what the movie accomplished. I think the movie kind of was satirical when it dealt with the excesses of the 80s, but it also kind of was scary in a way because you see this slow descent of a man into insanity, and the ending kind of leaves you kind of wondering different things. You know, so just, uh, that was my first introduction to it. Just a forewarning, there might be some spoilers in here. I'm going to try to keep them very minimal, though. So one thing that I heard, though, from a lot of people when I say that American Psycho is a movie I enjoy, a lot of people who've read the book, the first thing they point out is how much more disturbing the book is. And I was really kind of afraid not afraid, that's the wrong term, but I just wasn't sure if I want to read the book. Until a few years ago, I've kind of started this trek where I want to expand my horizons in the horror genre and kind of try out other authors that I've heard mentioned. So I, I began the trek of reading this book. And I would say like the first third of the book kind of like leads you into this false sense of security. Meaning the first third of the book, there are hilarious moments in it. Where, where, you know, and some, if you've seen the movie, a lot of the scenes that are in the movie are in the book, you know, where they're kind of just making fun of like the Wall Street types and, and the culture of the 80s. But the first third of the book is also really good in the fact that there's these little hints that are thrown about, about the fact that the main character is slowly losing his mind. The main character's name is Patrick Bateman. And, 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 and it sort of leaves these little teasers that this guy that you're reading from his perspective, because it's from the first person's perspective, it might be insane or slowly going insane. And there's like, and the way that 
uh, Ellis does it, it's, it's kind of genius in a way. For example, the, the famous scene in the movie where he talks about his normal personal hygiene routine uh, and all the different crazy stuff, face masks he does and hair conditioner and soaps and body scrubs and so on and so forth. In the book, it's like a three-page continuous paragraph with no, like, indentions for any new paragraph. So you're, like, reading this, and you're just, like, trying to, like, keep track of where you're at. There's no break from it. It's just continuous. And, it's, and, 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 and But like I said, though, it, like, really pulls you into this false sense of security. Uh, but eventually, though, the book almost becomes like a car that the brakes are slowly going out while you're going downhill. And eventually you get caught up in just this, just this, um, I don't know, like this, the sense of like, oh my God, I'm not in control of what I'm reading right now. And it, and it goes into very brutal scenes. And the whole time though, you know that this man is barely holding on. Like, like, like there's this facade of his life that he has facing outward that his friends and his peers and his girlfriend and so on and so forth see. And then there's a second life. Like he has it compartmentalized in his head, but that the, 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 the barriers between these compartments are slowly eroding away. And while you're reading this book, it's almost like your heart rate goes up because you're wondering like, is it all going to snap? Like, like in it, and it's happening in like such a rapid pace. So this book basically goes from very slow build up to just like starts taking off and you don't, you almost like want to jump out of the car. And that's the point where I like put down the book and I was like, do I even want to finish this book? because I mean, I kind of know how it ends because I watched the movie and what's this reading it going to do. And, and is it going to accomplish anything? And do, I almost felt like I was like giving up a part of my soul reading this and I'm not trying to be overdramatic, but that's how it felt. Like is the reward of finishing this book going to be worth the risk to myself that I'm going to, that that's going to be there just from reading some of these scenes. And like I said, I'm not a, a fan of gratuitous violence, but I understand that that happens in the horror genre. I ended up sticking through with it and I ended up finishing the book. And I remember I was good on, I went on Goodreads where I, I like track my reading progress and I rate books. And my first instinct was to give it a five out of five stars because it's a well-written book. I mean, it is, a, I mean, it's considered a classic. Like this edition I have right here is the vintage American classic series where they take American classic books and American psycho is like next to some 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 of the best authors that you see here and that that are from America. I'm just like looking at this huge list of like all these books that that this is being thrown in with that are considered American classics, right? And I end up giving it like a four out of five on Goodreads because I felt that yes, the book is a really well written book. Yes, it's a good story, but oftentimes I'm like wonder what was with the excess of the violence. Now, the, when this book came out, it was very controversial. A lot of women's, right group, women's rights groups and other people spoke out because there was a ton of gratuitous amount of violence towards women in this book. But if you go online and you do some research, and I'm not going to delve into some of these theories, but there are theories that like all the, all the violence was an analogy of sorts. And that one of the analogies, for example, was that the violence really didn't occur, but in the fact that Patrick Bateman had HIV and was, was spreading HIV, and it was like the author's way of symbolizing it. Now, again, I'm not going to delve into the theories because that's not what we're going to do here, but this book's a very deep book. 
It's not a book I'm going to reread, though, to be honest with you, because I don't feel like it serves any purpose to reread it. But it's a book, though, in the end, that I'm happy I read, but I still have a little sense of guilt for reading it. So the whole point of this series, as I explained, was how can you take inspiration from these books? And that's why I'm covering this book. And that's kind of why I decided, because I feel there's inspiration that could be taken from this book when it comes to the world of darkness. The first one was came right to the top of my mind, but later on when I was thinking about doing this episode, a second one came, but we'll talk about the first one. First one is playing a Malkavian and Vampire the Masquerade. I've never played a Malkavian character. I've had, I find that I think one of the most challenging clans that you could possibly play maybe in Vampire the Masquerade would be a Malkavian. You know, we all have that negative stereotype of Melkavians, how some may have played it, especially like the first edition clan book, the Fish Malk, you know, and I'd never want to play a character like that. But one of the hardest things, I think, one of the hardest things that, that you could come across playing a Melkavian in a game is expressing what your derangement is without coming across, frankly, corny. You know, a lot of it's inner monologue, right? That's this book, a lot of this book is inner monologue. And you have to find a way as a player to express that inner monologue without taking away any of the game time from your fellow players that are in the game. So I've never tackled playing a Melkavian. I just, I don't felt, I felt my skill set wasn't good enough. But in the second story arc of our Vampire the Masquerade Twin Cities by Night game called Homecoming, I decided to push Melkavians more into the spotlight. Because before that, for those of you who haven't watched, there was only one Melkavian NPC in our first story arc, Negligence. And part of the reason there was only one is because I felt like I couldn't do the clan justice or what it was about, you know? To me, mental illness is more than just a statistic or a stat on, on a character sheet or a name of a derangement. Now, if I feel I can't do it justice in the story that I'm telling with my friends by playing a game, I'm just not going to tackle it. That's just, that's it. I'd rather not tackle it than do trying to do it when I know at that time, my skill sets just aren't able to, but I felt more confident going into the second twin cities by night story arc homecoming and I used more Melkavian NPCs. And you still had the same challenge as being, being an NPC as a PC using a Melkavian. But the thing is, you don't have so many eyes on you. So you don't feel the same pressure of having to find ways to express your inner monologue. As a matter of fact, how I handled those NPCs, and I'm not going to spoil too much, is you're not quite sure what they're psychosis is or what their issue is and i love that i love the fact that you should not be able to look at a melkavian npc or pc and right away be like oh that guy's nuts if anything a player character should look at a melkavian npc or pc and be like i don't see anything odd about them maybe it's just all a negative stereotype of this clan and that's how i try to play clans in vampire the masquerade so after reading this book and doing more thinking, I've actually like have felt kind of an urge to want to play Melkavian whenever opportunity I have to play Vampire the Masquerade next. And I think it might be in Joaquin's uh, Victorian Age Vampire game when he does the second story arc, his original was diluted. You guys should go ahead and check that out. 
but I might try to tackle Mel Caving in that game. And I'm not quite sure. I'm like hammering out some ideas, but I think I might be ready to step up to the challenge. So that's the first inspiration that you can get from that, I think. But the second one is use, using it as inspiration for the slow degeneration of humanity along with the combating the beast that every vampire has within them and Vampire the Masquerade. Matter of fact, in my opinion, as a player and storyteller, no matter how many antagonists that you may have in a game, the character's number one antagonist is always going to be their own beast. You know, we recently have wrapped up our Sabbat game Wars on Fire. And in that game, I found that the biggest enemy that the players dealt with was their own humanity and their own beast. And there's nothing that brings me more joy in a game as a storyteller than seeing players be afraid of their decisions because they know they're going to have to roll a conscious roll. And for those of you who don't know, whenever you potentially lose a dot in humanity, you have to roll a conscious roll and difficulty eight. If you fail, you lose one dot. If you botch, you lose two dots of humanity, one, dots, one dot of conscious, and you pick up a derangement. And that can fundamentally change your character. That can, that can bring on wassail. It can, you could lose yourself to the beast. You could get put down like a rabid dog. You could not fit into mortal society. You get put down for that reason. You, you just lose control of yourself, period. It affects a lot of things in your character. More than like an a dot or two an aggravated damage could do, you know? And this book, American Psycho, I think symbolizes that fight and that degeneration and losing yourself to the beast perfectly. Like I said, this book eventually becomes like a car going down a hill with its brakes going out and just this guy's, uh, the guy's crimes and what he's doing and the murders gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And you're just like reading this, like, holy cow, this guy's losing. Like he's legitimately went from like a semi-controlled psychopath to just like not having any control and just like having no impulse control. And that folks is how kindred and canines combat the beast and when they lose themselves to the beast that's almost like what it becomes unless they pull the brakes or unless their cordery or their pack tries to help them whatever and this book perfectly sums it up now do i recommend people to read this book i'm not going to recommend it or say not to read it because yeah, I feel like I'd be damned if I do and damned if I don't. If I tell you to read this book and you read it and you're severely disturbed, you're like, you know what, Chris? I am never watching any of your stuff again. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send you hate mail because I feel guilty for reading this. But I'm not going to tell you not to because maybe this you won't feel the same guilt I felt. Maybe your friends are telling you you should read it. I am happy that I read it, but I am also like never going to read it again just so I can say I had the experience and to go off of it. Now, it has led me to buy other books from Ellis, which I have not read yet, but which are in my collection back behind me. I feel that um, he, whatever goal he set out, if his goal was to, to slap people across the face, he accomplished it. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll give it a solid four out of five stars, like I did after I read it. And after it's soaked in, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that rating. So 
Thank you for watching. If you wish, wish to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM. You can find us on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We have a Discord now. You can jump on the Discord, hit us up on there. If you're watching the video, a thumbs up and a subscription mean a lot. It really helps out these videos, get the attention that I want them to get. And if you have any questions about uh, this book or opinions, please feel free to share in the comments. If you listen to the podcast version, a sub and a review on iTunes would help a lot. I cannot stress, uh, reviews on iTunes helps us get more light shined on us. And if you're a fan of our stuff, and I hate using that term fan, I feel like a huge douchebag when I say that. When you enjoy, if you enjoy listening or watching to our stuff, a rating on iTunes will help other people notice it and help spread the word. So that would be much appreciated. And other than that, Thank you guys for watching and listening, and I hope you, uh, I'll catch you next time. Thank you. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion? so that your media could get the attention you want. Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.